Marvelites, welcome to This Week in Marvel, the awesome beauty fest that is Avengers vs. X-Men Special Edition. This week we're talking about Avengers vs. X-Men number 6. I am Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M, Executive Editorial Director for Marvel's Digital Media Group, joined by... Nick Lowe, Senior Editor of the X-Men. And... Tom Brevoort. Just Tom Brevoort. That's it. The one and only. That's his name and his title. <laughs> Says it all. <laughs> so Ben Morse is somewhere drunk in a ditch, and I'm taking over hosting duties for this episode. Just a note that this episode of the podcast comes out the Friday, where it would normally come out on a Wednesday, but because of 4th of July and all the patriotic stuff going on, we can't America! do America! America! And also, we're coming out a little bit closer to AVX number 7, but we're talking about number 6 on this podcast. Is that clear? Good. Great. Thank you, Blake. Let's go right into AVX number six. We get the first full look at the Phoenix Five. What's up with that? Well, this is the moment that X-Men fans have been waiting for, where the X-Men just wipe the floor with the Avengers like we always knew they would. Did you read the same comic that I read, Nick? Mm -hmm. Or are you just reading the ones in your head again? I read both, actually, Tom. (laughs) I read the ones in my head, which are, by the way... What's scary is that when you read the ones in your head, your lips move. <laughs> My lips move a lot for various reasons, <laughs> I think it's fair to say. When did we get the first designs in of the Phoenix Five? I mean, I remember seeing different iterations over time, but that they look awesome. Olivier designed all of the Phoenix Five looks. He did so you know, at the outset of plowing into drawing issue six, and then you know, we handed them backwards to John to debut mm-hmm. in issue five. But exactly when? I think it was a Tuesday. <laughs> Olivier's the skies art. were gray and... And Nick cried. Olivier's art was Again, gorgeous. I cry many times. Yes, you do, and that's okay. There's no reason to narrow it down to no. certain days. But his art was great. I mean, oh, yeah. it's just I, maybe the finest we've seen, and he's done some amazing stuff. Yeah, Olivier's ridiculously amazing. New Utopia. Who designed... Is that another Olivier also, design? Also, Olivier Coipel. From and, the imagination of Olivier Coipel. You know, John sort of sketched out verbally what it was and said, draw something like this. And back came floating islands and stair steps in the sky and crazy wonderfulness. I imagine that's what Paris looks like. When he that. <laughs> that is what Paris looks like. When you say John, you mean John Hickman? Yes. Did he have diagrams and like charts? No, 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 what no, it was? Charts, no, no charts, no diagrams. Uh, you know, he just had a script and in the script, he pretty much says, look, Olivia, you can do this however you want. I sort of pictured being this sort of a, of a place. Most of this was left in Coipel's hands. Talk a little, bit, a little bit about Beast and the Black Panther and their sort of, now that their doubt is sort of welling up inside them, where is that coming from? Well, there's a couple of things. Intelligence. Um, <laughs> Intelligence and This knowing. is actually a good thing to fix up because people were very confused by an issue of Wolverine and the X-Men <laughs> that came out. And their confusion is understandable because perhaps Nick was not as clear as he could have been in that comic <laughs> about what was going on here. Wait, I work on a book called Wolverine and the X. <laughs> Hold the phone. Woo. Explain so much. <laughs> People have uh, read the scene in AVX number six where the Beast expresses his misgivings that you know the, the Phoenix Force was coming to Earth and the Avengers were worried that it was going to consume the Earth. And the X-Men figured that it was going to bring the mutants back. And in the end, because Iron Man shot it with his big space gun, it ended up doing neither. And at least for the moment, the immediate peril is gone. The Phoenix is no longer coming. It's here. It's not consuming the Earth. And these five X-Men have it and are using it to change the world 
in a positive, benevolent fashion. So at least right this moment, the Damocles sword that was hanging over everyone's head isn't there anymore. Uh, and yet there's a lot of genuine and uh, probably warranted fear and concern. From the beast point of view, though, there's a, a line beyond which that steps from just being you know, a natural and healthy concern and paranoia into a state of almost even racism that up to this point, he certainly has had plenty of misgivings of his own about Cyclops and what he was doing and where he was coming from. And right at this particular moment, empowered by the Phoenix, Psyche and Emma and Namor and all of the Phoenix Five are doing nothing but good things. And yet the Avengers are sitting around very concerned about this. The world leaders are very concerned about this. And the Beast is kind of weighing, well, gee, at what point is enough enough? That all having been said, by the end of that issue, after their raid on Utopia, Cyclops says, that's it. I've had enough. They're never going to stop coming. They're never going to mm -hmm. stop attacking us. No more Avengers. And from that point on, pretty much the lines are drawn right down the middle. And the Beast is on the Avengers' side of that line. To some degree, whether he wants to be or not, because... He's standing next to those guys, and I don't know that Cyclops and his crew is going to differentiate at that point. He might sweep them all up and then sort it all out afterwards. So the fact that the Beast in that issue of Wolverine and the X-Men was fighting alongside the Avengers against Iceman and Rachel and those guys, that all comes directly out of AVX-6. People will see a little more of that on AVX-7 uh, on sale either now or soon to be now, depending on what day. I've gotten confused myself yep. with all this 4th of July stuff. Yay, fireworks! America! But it does actually all fit together, and despite what uh, certain rumor columnists would have you believe, it is not actually a mistake. Yeah. Oh, oh excuse me. I just I fell asleep. Tom was talking for so long. <laughs> what I miss? <laughs> We're talking about Avengers vs. X-Men number uh, six. I, I remember hearing, like in my dream, I remember hearing Tom's voice saying he was confused, and so that made me think that everything was normal. You published a book called Wolverine and the X-Men. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot that that happened. So Scarlet Witch makes a big presence in the story now. How much is that going to affect where we go from here? Oh, boy. Scarlet Witch has a lot on her plate coming up at AVX. She's got... It's like a full Thanksgiving meal She's got a lot of her action. plate and her plate's on the mantle and the mantle's on the shelf and, and the, the shelf's in the room. And I don't know where you put your mantles in your the houses that you design. I rarely put them on shelves. Have you I, seen the new Utopia? <laughs> <laughs> you can put that mother wherever you want. It's just going to hang there. She's got a lot to do coming up in Avengers vs. X-Men. As we saw in AVX-6, she gave a good lick to Cyclops. And I mean and wasn't, that... And wasn't even trying. Yeah. Really, yeah. he wasn't even, he, he, was he reaches out to grab her and he gets shocked back. The first thing, really, to cause any of the Phoenix Five any sort of pain or discomfort. So she is, at this point, probably the most dangerous thing out there to them. Crazy. All right, so that pretty much brings us to the end of the, the proper issue. But there's a bunch of tie-ins that came out. We have the Avengers tie-in. Talk a little bit about what Novar and his role now. Because I'm operating in a completely different world space than you, and I can't even tell yeah. which day of July it is. Yep. Yes. For once, able... I agree with Tom. Yeah, I have no idea what we're talking about. You're right. About. And I can't, because Benjamin put these notes together, okay. and he didn't give Benjamin. me numbers. All right. Benjamin I think, Morris. based on your question, you were talking about the third of the Avengers tie-ins, which I think was point seven. 
Walter Druitt, Walter Simonson, the great Walter Simonson. The legend. And, uh, the gentleman. You know, this sort of wraps up the last bit of the hanging space adventure that the Avengers were on when they went off. The away team went off to confront the Phoenix, uh, and that, as we saw by AVX 5, didn't really go as planned. This is sort of the last... Like most Avengers missions. <laughs> uh, riddled with failure. So much. <laughs> Don't ever change. <laughs> but the real get by the end of this story is Novar is the protector no more. He's gone from being a man of two worlds to being a man of no world. And his immediate story is done. So you will not see him again in AVX. Ah. He has reached the end of his road for the moment. His road whose end was in sadness land. Sadness mm-hmm. and awfulness. Yep. Uh, he did the right thing at the end, yeah. but uh, he paid the price with uh, both the Avengers and his fellow uh, wiggly-haired priest. Kind of off-topic, but I pitched Sadness Land as a sequel to Candyland to mm-hmm. various <laughs> board game people. Yep. Didn't get picked up. No. Not sure why. I don't understand. Yeah, I thought it would be a guaranteed hit. I mean, Candyland was so successful, wouldn't you want a sequel? Yes, definitely. Sadness Land. Yeah. Anyway, contact me, xoffice at marvel.com. Can I don't he'll be, he'll be waiting for your call. Yeah. He's doing nothing else. But nothing work, at but all. With friends. Speaking of all the nothing you're I've doing. I've never played that, speaking of it. Never <laughs> once. Never once. I have many addictions. You have got to get with it then, uh, Nick Lowe. It would help if you knew how to spell some. Oh, yeah. But... Literacy would help, I'm sure. You know, one step at a time. Uh, also, to have some friends would be yeah. good, too. So. Really, really, you're kind of like the least qualified person in the room. I'm going to start it. Here's another game pitch out there for game manufacturers. Words by oneself. How about that? How would that work out? And that would be spelled W-U-R-D-Z. Words by yourself. Let's get back on track right now. Let's go back to AVX because these vowels are lousy and nick up. Let's talk about Uncanny X-Men and the AVX tie-in that focused on Sinister and and his society, oh. which was really cool. Oh. The Dustin Weaver John issue, mm-hmm. very cool. Like, that was, where did that come from? So that was an issue that we, here's some behind the scenes Marvel magic. So Jonathan Hickman, awesome writer, terrific writer, busy writer. This started off as something that we were looking for something to get Dustin Weaver moving on because Jonathan had to focus on things other than S.H.I.E.L.D. And so we said, like, what could we get Dustin? I'm like, we could do some uncanny with him. We got this AVX issue that we that I would love to do where we talk about Sinister that he could work on and we could slot in in the right spot. And Kieran just went all out on it. So cool. Dusted off his Dostoevsky off that mantle shelf. The, the mantle, under you know, under the plate. Exactly. Under, under that the plate. Very full plate. Yes. Very full plate. It was keeping one, one of the corners of the mantle from being wobbly so the plate it's wouldn't true. fall and it's, the story wouldn't still. Anyway... But Kieran whipped up this this script, and before he wrote it, when he was talking to me about it, I didn't understand a word of it. And then he <laughs> sent in the script, and I was blown away with the little I understood of it. And then Dustin just wailed on it. Now, like, we were talking with Kieran, and Kieran was just in town for Creative Summit. We talked about the second page of it, where you see the, the sinister reporter guy come out on the streets. And Dustin added a panel to that page. Most artists sometimes will take simple ways out. No, no, Dustin added a panel of like a cityscape that was not asked for. That was probably the hardest thing to draw in the entire issue. It just and it's so brilliant because yeah. he's a storyteller. But I love that issue because it's so twisted and such a strange, different issue, really than almost any other comic, especially the X Men off, but anywhere at Marvel. I think we've done very heady, very intellectual, but really hits you at the core with some troubling stuff that's going on there. But uh, super cool stuff with a, a master plan. 
unlike any that I think I've seen any supervillain with the complexity and brilliance of Sinister is amazing. And you see the little, and you get through most of the issue, and you're like, well, where's the AVX in it all? And then when you get to those last couple pages, for those who haven't read it, pick it up. I'm not going to spoil it. It clicks into place and gives you such a shocking ending. Excellent stuff. And then jump over to New Avengers where we have Hope in Kunlun. Kunlun or Kunlun? Uh, Kunlun. Kunlun. Yeah. And I think that's how they said it on Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. But I've always said Kunlun. Well, that's Kun like Lu. Jeff Loeb and Joe Quesada That's land. true. Like, you never know what they're going to say. <laughs> it's not, but it's not in Sadness Land. It's not no. in Sadness no. Land. That'd be cool. <laughs> that's how you pronounce and it. And we've got, uh, <laughs> this is the, the issue with Spider-Man in it. Which I thought, where he comes in at the end, he's going to teach yep, yep. Hope some cool stuff. How did the story for that all come together? Well, this was something that, in the last couple of issues, is something that Brian was very interested in telling from the beginning of the conversations about AVX. He was very into the idea that not only would the Phoenix be coming to Earth and there being this jockey ship between the Avengers and the X-Men for it, but there would be other factors, other parties who would have an interest in it or who would have a stake in it around the Marvel Universe, and you know, he dealt with the Kree side of that in Avengers, and he deals with the uh, Immortal Cities part of it in uh, New Avengers. And uh, all that stuff will come around full circle in AVX 7 and a little bit in 8 over the next couple of weeks. So that last scene there is like a little taste of things that uh, are ahead. Very cool. Jump back over to Wolverine and the X-Men. We had Rachel's story, Indeed. the issue that focused on her. Rachel the Hound. Forced to be hounding again. Chasing. Chasing after Wolverine and the Avengers. Brutal stuff going on there. Emotional powerhouse that issue was. Said that like Yoda would. (laughs) Emotional powerhouse that issue is. (laughs) And that was a really special issue. And Chris Pacello rules and ruled on that issue. Great fights. And I believe we got to see some Kid Gladiator action in there Mm -hmm. as well kicking some butt taking some names punching giant man in the eye directly (laughs) i love that giant man's like you just punched me in the eye why would you do that (laughs) great oh kid gladiator you're the best (laughs) for people that want to see what actually happened in that story (laughs) we are going to be showing the actual events from the avengers point of view in avengers 29 this is how bankrupt the avengers office is (laughs) that like they're like Oh, no, what are we going to do? Like, we'll just take the story that they told and tell it. <laughs> it's more along the lines of we will take the story that they told and tell it correctly. We'll we should have... With accuracy I'll and very similitude and correctness. Could you okay. Good we'll word you said. You would, you would rock at words one, with oneself. Or what is this game that, that we're going to take off and make a lot of money with? Words, by, land. words yeah. by oneself. Yeah. And then we can do From the makers of Sadness yeah. Land. <laughs> we'll jump back to Tom with Secret Avengers and the wrap-up of the Captain Marvel storyline. That was pretty big, and I loved... I'm a super fan of Carol Danvers, so seeing like her arc through this storyline has been very cool. Yeah, that was all sort of deliberate on our part, obviously, to help tee up her transition to Captain Marvel and the new series that's launching in a few months, a few weeks. Excited about that weeks. book. Good book. Excited um, about it. Coming, coming up. Very yeah. nice. And, you know, finishes off the, the other sort of leg of the away team's uh, space mission. Yeah. And then, you know, Rick has more crazy plans for a bunch of that stuff, as, you know, anybody who's talked to Rick knows. <laughs> he has more plans and more ideas than he has pages. So at some point in 2042, we will get back to <laughs> Marvel and the Kree and all of that. But yeah. it is very much at the forefront of Mr. Avengers' brain. <laughs> back to you, Nick. We've got X Men Legacy with more Rogue and Ms. Marvel stuff, which I thought was a cool Ooh. battle and really changed things up a lot. 
As soon as the No More Avengers thing came around, Daniel Ketchum, who's the editor on that book, and Christos Gage, who, of course, writes it, immediately ran towards Rogue and Ms. Marvel. Everyone loves the interactions from way back, was it the Avengers Annual 10? And then in Uncanny X-Men, when they ran into each other again, their relationship, you know, from the beginning has always been so interesting. And this is the latest chapter and, and full of amazing action and emotional distress. Mm-hmm. Really, people being torn asunder, both inside and out. Beauty. The last tie-in is Avengers Academy and the crazy stuff going on with Sentinel and the kid and, and really the tension that it puts on the whole school over there. And it's pretty fun and crazy what's going on in Avengers Academy. Well, you pretty much give it all. There's a crazy, there's crazy stuff going on with the Sentinel, and there's tension. And Emma's come to dismantle the Sentinel because she's taken all the Sentinels in the world apart for pretty good reasons. But Justin and the Avengers Academy kids have sort of an attachment to this Sentinel, the nice guy Sentinel, the not really mutant hating, but kind of hanging around and doing fun things Sentinel. And you know, fisticuffs ensue. There's some interesting stuff coming up for X23. And she's caught in the middle of all of this, you know, over the course of the next issue. And it just it gives you a slightly different perspective on all of the AVX uh, events that are playing out everywhere. A slightly different angle into uh, what's happening. Very cool. All right, so now we're going to jump into the questions that you guys have tweeted. Remember, if you have more questions that have to do with AVX, use the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvelAVX, one big long hashtag that Benjamin created, and uh, we'll go from there. So first up is from at Dragonlaw82, which is, any chance we'll see more of Spidey training Hope? I love that. Yeah. Now, first of all, at Dragonlaw, there aren't enough dragon lawyers out there. And so <laughs> I, I'm very glad that someone is out there. Yeah, to, I mean, really needs to fight for them. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> we'll, see more, uh, we'll see more of Spidey and Hope and uh, their interaction and that training in the main AVX book in a couple of issues. Yeah. Um, we can say what issue, right? Yeah, we can say what issue. That's number nine. That is number nine. Very number good. Nine. Number, number nine. nine. Number nine. Are there any more issues of that story in New Avengers? Not well? in New Avengers. Not in New Avengers. New Avengers. We, we move ahead to other things Thank in you. a subsequent issue. Gotcha. Cool. At Immortal Thor 99 tweets, Nick, are we going to find out what's been going on with Kane Marco since he's no longer the Juggernaut or Kurth? I believe we will be seeing the seeing Kane Marco in Thunderbolts. Yes, we will. Coming that up. is correct. So... Those K. Marco fans out there, all you multitudes, definitely check out Thunderbolts to find the next stage for Kane. Which is technically Dark Avengers yeah. right now. So Indeed. we're saying it in Dark Avengers. Indeed, that is true. Because you can't have enough Avengers comics. <laughs> That's what I'm done. told. It can't be done. It's, it, it, I think we should try. <laughs> I think we should see. I think we are trying. Yeah. <laughs> I think we are trying very hard. Well, at Fortinbra5 tweets... Going Fortinbra, for- <laughs> that is straight out of Shakespeare right there. Uh, That's from Hamlet, yo. Well. Yeah, Fortinbra. I guess. He tweets, going forward, will the dynamic between Captain America and Wolverine play a large role in the AVX outcome? It'll certainly play a role, and I wouldn't discount either of them as uh, prime movers and prime instigators of all the stuff that comes next. Obviously, they're two of the most central characters well, in the whole thing. Well, Tom, Tom's kind of beating around the bush here. Because he knows some things that he can't tell you, but Nick, I'm, of course, I'm under no such mouth. compunctions. <laughs> because he's not telling you about the new book we're going to have out 
where Wolverine and Captain America move into an apartment on the Lower East Side together. <laughs> and, oh, the hilarities that ensue. It's going to be great. They're, like, Wolverine leaves the bathroom a mess all the time. Wolverine! Captain America fills the freezer up with those red, white, and blue icy pops. It was and the Wolverine, 4th of July! And Wolverine doesn't have room for his Canadian bacon in there. He's always, he can't fit it. Oh, it's just, it's just a great book. I would actually love that book. It would be so much fun. <laughs> All right, next one is a little bit of a little bit of a gripe one coming from. It's nice, nice to see you, you know, keep the things serious and dignified level there, Nick. You know, refusing to pander, refusing to cross that line. I like the cut of your jib, sir. At Kyle Bowlby tweets, Whoa. "Why was Namor part of the Phoenix Five and not Nightcrawler or Magneto?" He's not even an X-Men, a member of the X-Men. Well, he's a little more alive than Nightcrawler. Yes, he a bit is. of a leg up there. He certainly is. And Magneto was not on the moon. Also, I take issue. I take umbrage with what's this person's name? Kyle. Kyle Bowlby. Listen, Bowlby. Namor has been an X-Men now for years of publishing. The Marvel Universe time for like probably a year or at least In several Marvel Universe months. time, like twenty minutes. Yeah, maybe twenty-five. He has been. But- in X-Men for quite some time now. So how dare you, sir? How dare you? He's got twice as many ankle wings as Nightcrawler and Magneto put together. That is just math. He's more phoenix like than math. either of them. I hadn't thought of it in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> At Sodfeld tweets... That should be some comfort to you. It really should. Oh, God, Nick's crying. <laughs> Things have gone off the rails. <laughs> Where is Ben Morse? <laughs> uh, all right. At Sodfeld tweets, why not bring back Marvel's most popular female, Jeannie Gray? Who? Jeannie Gray. Who? Yes. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. I, not familiar. Not familiar. No idea. Nothing uh, here. No clue. Not as tongue-in-cheek of an answer. You should check out, well, this is going to be like, what, Friday? Yeah. So it's been out for several days. Go to EW.com on their blog, I believe it is. Yeah. There's an image of a certain red-headed X-Men that you should check out, take a look at. I'm sure it'll be everywhere by the time they read this. Yep. Probably everywhere on, on our site. Yep. On people's Maybe there'll be an ad iPhones. for it on Words With Yourself. <laughs> yeah. Words With Yourself will have a big it's promo ads, for it's, it's a free app, so there yeah, are you ads. Got, you got to monetize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very important. Mm-hmm. All right. Last question of this episode is from XAlpha1X, and Alfred tweets, Wolverine versus Iron Man, Hugh Jackman versus Robert Downey Jr. Who do you think will win? Those are two different questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, we, but we can answer them both. I am going to say that Wolverine would beat Iron Man, if only because Iron Man would be like making jokes and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and probably not expect Wolverine to be quite as brutal as he is. I tend to think it depends on the circumstance. Okay. It's up close... If it's a tight if it's fight, at a birthday party, then Wolverine's in got the, rain. the advantage. Okay. If there's any sort of distance involved, it's all Iron Man all the time. Okay. He's got all sorts of ranged weaponry. He's flying. He's got his jets. He can outmaneuver and stay away f- and out of the arm Wolverine, of Wolverine's wall. Wolverine with a jetpack. <laughs> that would even it up a little bit more. Granted. There and we go. Oh, yeah. So Hugh, it's Hugh Jackman versus Hugh Jackman or Robert Downey Robert Jr. Downey. Now, they're probably, this also is very situational, but let's just say, like, fight on there. I if have to say. It was a dance competition. Well, I Hugh Jackman think Hugh Jackman would, would but have I think the Hugh advantage. Hugh Jackman is probably in better physical shape should it come down to endurance or fisticuffs. And he's probably got, he's, I think he's a little bit younger than RDJ. I think not, so. And that's not. I think, though, that Downey probably has a little bit more stamina. 
he do eight shows a week in a Broadway show where he's dancing around like a crazy person? I don't think you understand what that entails. Now, I could see RDJ being a little bit more of a scrapper, maybe fighting a little dirty, maybe distracting him with like, you know, like, hey, look at this one. Boom. I, 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 I realize this is not video podcast, but I'm waving my right hand up in the air and punch Tom in the face with my left hand. That works like 90% yeah, of the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kids, learn from that. If a bully's picking on you, wave that right hand like, oh, punch. If you're a lefty, if you're a southpaw, that's going to work better. If you're trying to, hey, if I do this, I'm more likely going to hit someone with my right hand. Maybe. I mean, whatever. It's no big deal. Yeah, but do they know you're a righty? Maybe. All these questions. Yeah. It's so, it just depends. <laughs> it's tough, guys. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Nick, for joining us. And again, Avengers vs. X-Men number seven. We'll be on sale by the time you read this. Get your questions ready because we're going to do this all over again real soon. And I'm looking for venture capitalists for Sadness Land and Words with Oneself. <laughs> so, you know, officex at marvel.com. Email me. Let's talk. Make sure you follow at Tom Brevoort, T-O-M-B-R-E-V-O-O-R-T, and at Nick Lowe, N-I-C-K underscore L-O-W-E underscore. underscore. That always throws me off. I know. I'm sorry. I am not the first and only Nick Lowe. I, so in that, the world. I understand why you need the underscore in the middle. Why do you need the underscore at the end? I tried to. That's do just the a, one. that's just a flourish. That's I just like it. showing off. I think they may point. have suggested that on Twitter. This is this Twitter is may a, have suggested that the early days of Twitter. We don't want anybody to tweet you. You better put this in your name. <laughs> we don't want you out there at it's all. Possible associated it's possible. with our social network. They're terrified of my brilliance. <laughs> As are we all. Thank you, everybody. This is Marvel, your universe. <laughs>